0: Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 276. My name's Adam Patterson. Joining me today we've got Kevin Rakestrow. How are you, Kevin? Doing pretty good. Happy New Year. Indeed. This week on the show, we'll be going over our year-end lists. Gotta love those lists. Making so, up those lists. List season. L- lists for days. We've been working on these forever. I'm still working on them. I'm not done yet. Me either. It's crazy. Uh, So we'll be going over all the various lists. We'll we'll be doing our top tens, and then we'll be sprinkling in some other highlights and maybe some uh, not-so-highlights of the year as usual. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope everyone's having a happy new year. Before we get into the lists, I wanted to go over a couple housekeeping things. Uh, One, our newsletter... If we we're going to be doing a monthly newsletter that's going to have all of the kind of latest happenings with the site, including uh, information about all of the releases that we're going to be doing on Film Pulse Selects. So be sure to head over to the website and sign up for the newsletter. We're not going to be bombarding people with like tons of emails or anything. It's I swear it's going to be once a month or if there's like some kind of big thing that happens maybe one additional time once in a while maybe but i'm really going to keep it to once a month at most so you can feel safe about that we're not going to be sending like ads or anything like that nothing nothing like that it's just going to be it's going to be an actual newsletter it's not going to be an ad so feel free to sign up uh, on the site for that. Right now, if you are a filmmaker and you want to submit your film to Film Pulse Selects, right now we're doing a promotion where it is free entry. So if you have a short film or a feature, head over to FilmFreeway.com/slash/Film Pulse. Use the promo code FP2018, and you can get free entry in to submit your film for the 2018 season. There you go. All right. I think that does it for housekeeping things. Oh, one other thing we are now on Spotify and iHeartRadio. radio. So if you, uh, listen to, if those are your platforms of choice, feel free to subscribe to us on those platforms as well. Let's jump into these lists here. <sighs> We're gonna start it with the the top tens because right. that's the biggie. Okay. So I was thinking we could just do what we normally do. You know, you we'll start with you. We'll go up the list. We'll do every other one. 10, ten nine, nine, etc. Right. Maybe uh, if you feel the need to explain yourself, then you can. If not, we can just immediately move on. Just bang them out as quick as possible. (laughs) We're just going to rapid fire the movies and then just completely move on and the whole show is going to be 10 minutes long. There you go. There's going to be no context. It's just going to be a list of movies and that's it. And just shorthand too. You don't have to say every word in the title. (laughs) It's like three billboards. You just say like three. Three? Maybe uh, maybe we should start with... um, no, we'll do the we'll do the top tens and then we'll do some honorable mentions after that. Okay. So what what was your number ten movie of twenty seventeen? Uh number ten for me was Eduardo Williams' uh The Human Surge. Okay. That's on my list. A little spoiler. Little little bit later on my list. Yeah. I I was so impressed with this movie. Yeah, this was I loved it. Yeah, this was uh this was quite a surprise.
1: I kind of knew going in that you know it looked it looked uh rather interesting. I heard a lot of good things, but uh I don't think I was necessarily expecting to love it as much as I did. And for it to for it to kind of like surprise me in the ways that it did. I think, you know, the big the main event is the two transitions that happen, which I think that's the you know, I was I was on board, I was enjoying myself, but when that first transition hit, I think that's when it blew me away, and I kind of sat up in my seat and got a little bit closer to that computer
0: screen, probably unhealthily close. <laughs> a little, little too close. I I always like movies that that try new things on a technical level, like things things that do that that tr- just try something different or something that's that's normally quite difficult. Yeah, yeah, you know, like um you know like a uh, victoria was it called victoria the the single take one mm-hmm. you know i i like what they did with that any any movies that try something new or different on a on a technical level and and this this movie really handles that a lot uh, really well i mean he uses i think three different styles of camera throughout he uses 16 millimeter and then like some kind of crappy digital camera and then I think, uh, I don't know if it's a red or a higher quality digital camera, but man, yeah, it really worked for me. Jumping over
1: the map like that. Kind of like three, just like slice of life type deals, which I'm already on board with. Yeah. And then the throwing notes transitions like that. Mm.
0: That was, uh. Yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing. I, I, I. Really, I really like that movie a lot. I must say I'm pretty excited to see uh, more from Eduardo Williams. Absolutely. My number 10 uh, is The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Ooh, okay. little Yorgos. Well,
1: I can just throw in that that's my number nine.
0: Okay, great. Uh, So, I've been a huge fan of pretty much all of his movies that I've seen. Have I seen all of his movies? I don't even know.
1: Uh, you probably missed, like, the yeah, Maybe, yeah. Like, of the, the really early ones? Yeah. I, th- I think so.
0: Uh, but, at any rate, loved this one. I, I think I like this one more than The Lobster. Just because I found it to be so funny. Like, to me, this is one of the funniest movies of the year. It is.
1: It's so bizarre, and it's for me too. The comedy is as soon as it started, and they're talking about like the the watches and the bands. And I'm just like, yes, this is this is so my thing.
0: Yeah, it, I mean the 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 comedy definitely was in my style. It's it's definitely the type of comedy that that I tend to gravitate towards just this kind of awkward random stuff. And I mean, this movie is just it like in our Slack channel, we're just endlessly quoting this movie because (laughs) it's, it's just so quotable. And, uh, the, the performance from,
1: uh, what's his name? Barry. Barry Kogan. Yeah. It like, he is fucking terrifying in this movie. Yeah. He's so ridiculously good.
0: And, Honestly, me going into it, I had no idea what this was about. I didn't either. I, I really knew nothing about it. And I think that they they do a pretty good job of keeping keeping that information from you and the trailers and such. And then when he just does, like, his quick rapid fire of, like, okay, I'm just going to lay it out for you. Like, what the rules are. What's,
1: you know, this this kind of, like, exposition dump, you know, real quick. And just the way that he delivers it. And you're just kind of like, oh, shit. Okay. And then from there on, it's just, there's a good amount of tension. Mm-hmm. You're not quite sure where this is going to go. And then he just gets, it's such a bizarre performance.
0: Yeah, this is actually, um, I don't, this was, this was another discussion that we were having. Um, if this would be considered a horror movie, because I was making my top 10 horror uh, movie list yesterday and I wasn't sure. Like I was, I was gonna add this because I noticed that this was on uh, several top ten horror movie lists this year. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't, I didn't end up including it because it don't quite classify it as a horror movie. But I could see why people think that. Okay, this this is sort of a horror movie because it it goes to some pretty dark places.
1: Oh yeah, and you got. I mean, he is. One of the best villains.
0: Oh yeah. I mean he's he's just he's so creepy. He's just so creepy. He's yeah. Because you know that he's way smarter than he sort of leads on. Yeah. And you always just, you always know
1: that he's he's up to something.
0: Yeah. He's scheming. But just just how he kinda weasled his way into that family and like got the daughter to fall in love with him and
1: Yeah. He was just
0: I mean it's worth it just for his
1: performance really.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I was uh I, I expected to like this one and I I was not let down. In fact I think I liked it even more than I sort of expected. So uh that's my number ten, killing of a sacred deer, and that's not your number nine. My number nine is Nocturama. Oh, okay. This is the uh, French film. I think I mentioned it just a couple weeks ago, actually. This is a relatively kind of fresh watch for me. Uh, It's about a group of Parisian terrorists, and sort of the the beginning parts of the movie is them carrying out this plot to set off off bombs throughout Paris, and then the second part of it is them hiding out in a... uh, a department store that's that's uh closed and it's man i just the way that this movie is structured and sort of how how it all plays out because the beginning part you don't even know who these people are you, you know that they're young they're doing something that is probably awful but you have no idea who they are, their relationship with one another. You don't know if they're all strangers or if they have some sort of connection with each other. It's not until you get to the aftermath that they actually develop these characters in any way. And I think that the, it was just such an interesting choice to, to do it that way. And while they have time, because they're, they're they're stuck in this department store for like hours. And they sort of have time to, to, to ruminate on... You know the current state of politics in Paris, and and their sort of viewpoints on violence and the political climate and all of that stuff. And that's also when you know they they we we see their relationships develop, and it sort of lulls you into this this uh, this comfort this this une uneasy comfort because you know that something is going to happen, you just don't know when. Yeah. So in that regard, like the tension is always kind of pretty high and I, I, I loved it. I thought it was just, it was fantastic. And uh, the, the sort of crescendo at the end, uh, which again, you, you expect it to happen, but it's a lot more impactful than, than what you may expect. So definitely worth a look. This is actually on Netflix instant, so you can watch it. Anytime you want. It's called not Dorama.
1: Yeah, that's one that I didn't get a chance to to squeeze in.
0: Yeah, I think you'll like it. I don't know if it would crack your top 10 necessarily, but uh, what's your number eight? My number eight is a
1: 10-minute short film, animated film. That's Felix Colgrave's Double King, which you can watch
0: on YouTube, which I just love this thing. I, I love this as well. I don't include short films on my list, but... Well, uh, you should. You maybe should. I will next year. You know, I, I don't even log short films on Letterboxd. Uh, I think starting in 2018, I am going to at least log short films on Letterboxd. Make that change. Make that change, buddy. I mean... I, they're films, just I like know. anything else. I, I, mean, I get it. Like, I know that they're films, but I'm saying like, maybe what I'll do is have two separate... There you go. Lists. You can do like a top ten short films of the year.
1: Yeah. You can do that. But I mean just the, you know, ten minute he does all the music, which I thought was fantastic. His animation style, I absolutely love it, the art the art style. Um the the storyline of it is just ridiculous and dark and also extremely creative, where you just have this uh kind of Power hungry king that just is eliminating every king that there is. He just wants to collect those crowns and he just can't stop. Nothing can stop. He's him.
0: obsessed. He's addicted. He's got he's a addicted.
1: Lot of crowns. Crowns on top of crowns. Smaller crowns for bigger crowns. Just crowns for everything. And if you have one, he's going to kill you and take it.
0: Yeah. Uh, if you are interested, the. If you're a subscriber to Verve, the uh, the streaming platform, their channel Cartoon Hangover actually has a Felix Colgrave, um, like, for lack of a better term, show. Yeah. And it's got a ton of his stuff. So, uh, if you check out Double King and want to uh, find more of his stuff, which is all pretty amazing. Uh, you can check it out on cartoon hangover on verve. Uh, my number eight is raw. Ooh, uh, man, this one, I, don't, I can't remember when this, uh, when did, when did this come out? This I came this out, uh, earlier in
1: the year. This wasn't.
0: Yeah. It, it just, it, it hit me hard at the beginning of the year and uh, it, it just did never let up. I mean, this, this movie really, it really, uh, really got its teeth in me. Uh, no pun intended. The it's a coming of age story about this uh, young woman who discovers that she may be a cannibal. She goes to, to vet school and uh, has meat for the first time. And, Discovers she may be a cannibal. She likes she likes the meat. Mm-hmm. Turns yeah. out she sort of sort of becomes obsessed with devouring human flesh, mm-hmm. and uh, it get, it sort of takes off from there. Had a few of the most disturbing scenes that I've seen in a, in a film this year, but more than that, I thought that it was just a really well crafted. Uh, sort of very disturbing coming of age story, so I, I i definitely recommend it uh raw raw
1: that was a good day. i mean that where she kind of snacks on the finger
0: mm-hmm yeah
1: <laughs> just the way that all plays out it's just ridiculous uh so what do we wear at seven number seven yep what's your number seven My number seven is a doc. And it's uh Raoul Peck's I am not your Negro.
0: Now see, this is uh there's a little bit of uh there's a little bit of uh disparity here because this was actually on my list last year. Oh. So I, I Oh yeah, so um well, yeah. If if I considered this to be a twenty seventeen movie, this would this would definitely be on my list, but uh I considered it a 2016. So
1: well I think me and you do have kind of different ideas of how to uh go about with the 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 movie release date.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah, I have very strict rules. I should mention that I don't include any unreleased or festival films in my list and I only include movies that had a uh uh, U.S. theatrical or VOD release gotcha. uh, that year. So uh, I'm not your Negro is one of those where it had a short theatrical run in 2016 because it was, I think, up for several awards last year, mm-hmm. but it didn't get like an actual release until 2017.
1: Yeah, came out on uh, early February. So
0: it was it was eligible for awards. For last year. Because it had a, a, a small run. And I kind of go by like.
1: Anything. Obviously. Because the last film I had on here was a YouTube video. So anything that comes out for. Like. General audiences. So I'm thinking of the people like me. That live in small town. America.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That they
1: available to you. So I'm going by the February 3rd release date of i am not your negro which is absolutely a fantastic documentary Um, yes the way in which he does this uh, with his taking james baldwin's um unfinished work and kind of tied it into current day but also going into the time at which the book was written or was being written and uh, examination of uh, Baldwin's um, friendships with Mager Evers, Malcolm X, and Martin Luther King, and just the way that it's all kind of tied together, the way they go about doing this was really impressive. So if you haven't yeah. seen it, I you gotta you gotta
0: see it. It it's a must see, absolutely, a must see. Uh, my number seven is Lady Bird. old Lady Bird. Yeah, the old ladybird, a little, little Greta Gerwig action here. Everybody's talking about this one. It's great. Uh, it's very funny, well scripted. Got some great performances in there by uh, Saoirse Ronan and Laurie Metcalf. Everybody, even, even a lot of the sort of secondary characters are fantastic in this. Like uh, Timothy Chalamet. 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 Uh, and um, pretty much everybody. They, I can't remember. This is this is terrible. I can't remember her best friend's name. The Beanie, the girl who plays Beanie Feldstein. Beanie Feldstein. Yeah, fantastic. Julie. Yeah, fantastic. Tracy Letts was uh, great. Lucas Hedges uh, yeah. was great. Everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a great film. I I think that it deserves a lot of the accolades that it's getting. I had a I had a fantastic time with it. Uh, it's it's funny, it's heartfelt, It's it's got everything you could want in uh, a good piece of cinema. So Lady Bird is my number seven. Okay. <clears throat> uh, my number six is also a doc, and that
1: is uh du Bonaire from Sofia Bogdanowicz, which I think I talked about this one quite recently, too. Yeah, yep. This was available on uh, the old uh, Free Festival Scope website. So this is a a relatively short doc, uh, really interesting, just kind of like a slice of life uh, where she went to stay, the director went to stay in uh, Paris, staying with a family friend and just decides to make a documentary while there and just kind of goes into it with no real expectation or blueprint and just kind of wings it as they're, they're going on. And um, so what she ends up doing is chronicling this woman that she's staying with. And each day they would kind of just talk about a facet of her life, whether it be her beauty routine, whether it would be her, the the routine of her watering her plants or her old job as an astrologer and her mentor and her late husband, whatever it is. And it kind of, like 30 of these little vignettes are just kind of put together. They kind of show you just who this person is. It's just, it's a really light, but just really impressive documentary. All right.
0: What's the name of that one again? Mison du Bonaire. Mison du Bonaire. Okay. My number six is Dunkirk. Ooh. uh, Chris Nolan. All right. You know, it's, it's funny, this one, it wasn't in my top 10. This, I was doing so much rearranging over the last few days. It wasn't originally in my top 10. And then I remembered how I felt when I watched this movie and just how kind of in awe I was the entire time. And I was like, oh, this has to go in there. Like, I I, I was so impressed with this movie. It's, it, was pretty, it was pretty... Pretty blown away. Was it one of those? Because this always happens to me
1: too when I'm kind of like rearranging just trying to try and say, you have one that just like keeps creeping up. You know, you yeah. start at like 25 and then yeah. the next thing you know, you have it at 22. And then the next time you're looking at it, you're like, okay, I'll bump that up to 20.
0: I got to say, this year, yeah, this year that happened a lot. There were, especially in the like uh, the, the 10 through 20 section like those were getting mixed around so much and and if i wanted to i could go in and mix them up even even more because there were like you said uh the a couple weeks ago there were just a, a lot of really quality releases like there weren't there were only a handful to me that were like per, o- almost perfect level movies like you know like the top top tier there were only a handful of those like my top five has been pretty much staying the same but there were just so many other good movies like quality movies that that came out that you can just rearrange endlessly
1: yeah but
0: Dunkirk is absolutely fantastic I'm sure that all of you have seen it already but it it it's just uh would imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably one of the best war films that I've seen.
1: Number five. I got uh, one that I just, I absolutely love this. And that's uh, Silvio. Silvio's at my number five.
0: I was really? surprised. This, this is one that's, this is uh, number 25 on my list. I, I loved Silvio too. Uh, but it just, it couldn't quite make it up. I'm surprised that it's that high up for you. I just I I love Sylvia so much.
1: I don't it's kind of I don't know how they pulled it off really. You know, like when it when it came out that Kentucky and Albert Bernie were gonna do a, a feature of Sylvia. Turn it into a feature film. Okay, that will be you know probably be alright. I was a fan of Silvio's The Vines. I was a fan of uh, Herbert Herbel's Vines. I'm like, you you know, it'll be what it is. But watching it, you know, the actual final product, and just kind of being blown away at how they were able to take these Vines and turn it into a feature film, and it to be that solid, and that, you know, that enjoyable, and, you know, just warm-hearted, you know funny, bizarre, and then even the the character Sylvia like his he's gorilla, and why is a gorilla a guy in a gorilla suit bringing me this much joy for like an hour and a half like that shouldn't be possible
0: yeah it was it was, it was a, great, uh, wow. very fun, very fun movie, but it wasn't stupid either like you 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 hear the premise you're like, oh it's about it's based on a on a vine channel and it's it's about a a gorilla who wears shades and you just think that it's gonna be stupid but <laughs> it's, it's it's not, not at all. all it's it's got this uh this level of of charm to it that just instantly instantly uh gets you it's just it's a happy film I feel like we need more happy movies." Exactly. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of those this year. Well, stay tuned, Kevin. <laughs> uh, so that was Silvio. Your number five. My number five is Call Me by Your Name. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, this is this one got me. This one got me. I wasn't expecting. You know, everybody is losing their shit over this movie, and I was expecting it to be this year's Carol for me, mm-hmm. where it just I, I'm not on board. Uh, and I wasn't, truthfully, I wasn't on board at first. So I was, I, when I was watching this, I was probably 30, 45 minutes in. And I'm just like, okay, yeah. I mean, I, I liked it. I was like, yeah, this is this is good. The uh, the backdrop is absolutely beautiful. I mean, it takes place in Northern Italy. And it's just the the home that, that it takes place in is gorgeous. Uh, and, you know, the characters seemed well-developed and they were, The performances were good, and I was like, "Yeah, this is a nice little love story." But then, at one point, it it just clicked. It it all just clicked with me, and I was just like, "Okay, this, all right, this is actually incredible." And as it progressed, and where they went with it, it just it just got me more and more. And of of course, like by the end of the movie, I was like in tears. And it's just uh, it's just an incredible. Love story. And, and it, it's the thing that I love the most about it is that it's, it's not sentimental at all. Like with Carol, there was that kind of that sentimental quality to it that, that I just was not on board with. But in this movie, everything about it is so subtle. Like the relationship is just so subtle and natural that there wasn't like this hint of like false sentimentality.
1: Okay. And,
0: that's what really got me about it. I mean, th- there's other things, too. Like, I did love the location, and the, the, the title cards are awesome. And, and that, that actually is a factor for me, for me in, in movies. Like, it, if it's got a great title card, and the opening, and, and especially, especially the ending title, that's what the ending title is when I was like, okay, this movie is fucking fantastic. Uh, but amazing performances by Timothy Chalamet, Army Hammer, Michael Stuhlbarge, just, it's a fantastic movie. And I, I implore everyone to, to see this movie because, uh, you will, you will leave, uh, feeling, feeling something.
1: This is is one that
0: I also didn't get a chance to, to squeeze
1: in and. I think it was mostly because I, I kind of have the the same thought as maybe you did at the, be- you know, before seeing it. Whereas, like, like, it seems like everyone's in love with it, and it seems like one that I'm like, I'll probably enjoy it, but I probably won't be in love with it like everyone else is. So that's
0: kind of why yeah. I didn't go
1: out of my way to, to to fit it in. But I'll definitely be getting around to it at some point.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think it's gonna necessarily. Work for you, but it, it it really hit it really hit for me.
1: All right. Uh, my number four is Get Out. Jordan Peele. Right. Jordan Peele's Get Out. I just had uh, I just had a lot of fun with this one. I just found I found it highly inventive. Um. Great performances all around. And. For, you know, much of the runtime, I really, I really wasn't sure where this was going. And I thought he had a a perfect balance of comedy and this like uneasy horror aspect to it. Mm -hmm. And the way that he was able to play with those two kind of back and forth juggling them.
0: Yeah, he's he's he subverts a lot of horror tropes in it, too, which which I liked. And the i rewatched this uh f- a few weeks ago and you get more out of it when you rewatch it that's that's the thing like when you know after you know where it's heading you pick up on so much more with this with this movie and i that's something i always appreciate yeah which is this is this is one of those that i've been really been looking forward to uh, revisiting Absolutely. Yeah. You get, you get more out of it with a uh, rewatch for sure. Uh, my number four is human surge. Oh man. Yeah. Again, just this movie blew me away. It really did. I I loved every aspect of it. I mean, mostly, mostly the cinematography, but I also like movies that, um, I like movies that, that are, that feel, that feel hyper real. And I, I feel like you could almost classify this movie as a documentary.
1: It does seem that way, doesn't it? Where it's just this it, kind of like Verte style, where you just, you know, at the outset, you're just following this guy around. Is it poniers And then the second yes. one is Mozambique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like all three of those. I could have watched an entire
0: movie of just that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so. Uh, definitely see human search i don't i don't know if this is i don't know what the availability of this currently is i do know that it is it's available on fandor okay fandor and i think it's out on dvd okay definitely check it out Uh, it's i don't think it's going to be a movie for everyone but i i was really impressed with it so uh what's your number three my number 3 is Person to Person from Dustin Guy DeFeo. This is one that was uh pretty high on my list but kept getting pushed down. So it had sort of the opposite and, effect. And, and that, I can kind of understand that because it, this is a
1: movie that's it's it's relatively light. You know what I mean? It's kind of a breezy yeah, just you know, it's, it's a couple of different storylines going on in New York, and it might not be as, you know, big subject matter as other films.
0: Right. It's it's they one of those out. movies that uh the the longer I had away from it, like the longer distance I had away from it, sort of the more I forgot about what an enjoyable experience it was. It's still number 23 on my list. So it, it's it stayed up there. It stayed in the top twenty-five. This is a movie for me that
1: I didn't want it to end. Like I could watch this movie. Like if there was a twenty-seven-hour cut of this, I would watch it.
0: I, I'm I'm starting to notice a pattern here in your in your movies. You're you're this year this year you're all about kind of the light, fun, happy movies.
1: I got some of them in there. I mean, I do have the killing of a sacred deer. And double king,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, even double king was still colorful and true, true, and, and sort of, sort of fun. Yeah, I was looking to and enjoy that, myself in twenty seventeen. We needed it, I think so. <laughs> we, we, we all needed it. My number three is good time. Okay, uh, there you go. The yeah. I'm a big fan of the the Safety Brothers, and good time was uh, was a pretty good time for me. So. Nice. had a good time with this one
1: of course he did
0: again uh movies that that get into that uh that neorealism realm always always do it for me we've talked about it before i have a very <laughs> there's there, there's movies that i i'm so transparent when it comes to certain movies that i that i like that it's it's very easy oh, yeah. to to see this movie and be like yeah that's definitely one that he'd be into
1: no, I was like two minutes into good time, and I was just like, "Adam loves this shit."
0: Yeah, uh, and, and I did uh, the the, <laughs> the just the the soundtrack, the 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 color palette, everything about it, I I loved. So, um, heaven knows what was on my top ten in 2015. Whatever their next movie is, it's probably going to be on my top ten for for that it year.
1: Just, I think it just like defaults get slotted in at ten. It's like a placeholder until you see it. You're just like I'm going to keep number yeah. ten open.
0: Well, as long, as long as they keep that level of quality up there, as long as they keep making movies for me, I'll keep praising them. Uh, what do we? We're number two. We're number, number two. two. What's your number two? My number two is by the time it gets dark.
1: And this is from I'm going to I'm going to tempt this right now. <clears throat> so this is directed by Anucha. Suecha was, Kangpun. It was all right. Yeah, that sounded it was right. It's it a little shaky, but I'm happy with it. I'll go with it. Uh, this is something that uh, played on, <clears throat> I think it had like a limited release, probably like New York. It was also made available on movie.com. For a month which is something i just want to point out real quick that in 2017 MUBI really upped their game like they're starting to get into like distribution and doing like collaborations with festivals and stuff and playing short films and selections of films from festivals from that year and man they've been they've been really knocking it out of the
0: park Again, they're on Verve now, so if you have a Verve yeah. account, you get movie with it.
1: I cannot they're they're what they have playing, you know, it's a nice mix of, you know, movies from the forties and the thirties and the fifties. You got stuff from twenty seventeen in there, you have stuff from the sixties and the seventies. Like there's always a nice mix of, you know, world cinema US stuff. Like there's Yeah, I
0: mean that that's cool. where I saw Sono's anti porno. Yeah. So they, they have a really big range of stuff. How but it's all very heavily curated too. So it's not like they just throw out a ton of stuff. It's all curated. It's uh there's always an eclectic mix
1: in there. So if you don't have a movie, you should probably look into it. Now this was one of the one of the movies that they kind of picked up and put out themselves. So uh this is really interesting kind of look at attempting to make like this historical drama but at the same time it's not really fixated on getting like all the accounts of what happened uh this is kind of about the activists in the 1970s so it's not necessarily like fixated on trying to get those what happened in the 70s nailed down, it's more interested in like the people that were involved and like what happened to them after, you know, the, the, the impact of their activism and everything is just more interested on, you know, and what they went through and what they're going through now and not so much the actual, you know, what happened in the 70s it's really interesting how it kind of like
0: fluidly moves through time and everything okay that sounds interesting uh my number two is i'm oh, sorry what was the name of that again by the time it gets dark all right so check that out if you if you can my number two is get out uh we yeah just talked that. about it it's it's <laughs> I yeah that would be on there Absolutely, but you haven't seen Get Out yet. Jesus, go go see Get Out.
1: And now I'm kind of—I was—I
0: was pretty sure that was going to be your number one. I thought either oh, that no. or Good Time was going to be. Oh no, there's a there's a huge one, Kevin. There's a huge one. What's your number one? Uh, my number one is A Bride for Rip Van Winkle
1: from EY.
0: Okay, I I sus I suspected.
1: You thought you had that.
0: Yeah, because I, rem- I remember you were like really praising this one. I, yeah. I wanted to see it, but I just I didn't have the time because I was trying to cram in so much other stuff at the end yeah. of the year. And I know that I know this one's a long one. Yeah, this one's got a r-
1: runtime of 179 minutes, so it's completely understandable. You know, if you're looking at things to to squeeze in at the end of the year, you're probably not going to start with the 179 minute one. Uh, but this one, I found this one. Um, it's quite a journey. It's quite a ride with that runtime. I never once thought that that runtime was egregious, you know, or unnecessary.
0: Which is rare for you. Yes, because normally you hate long, you hate rare. long runtimes. But if you can justify it,
1: good on you. And I think that this movie does. It goes into a lot of interesting areas where it starts out with this woman getting married. And she doesn't really have a family to show up for the wedding. And that looks bad in Japanese society. So she hires actors to to stand in as family. So it looks like even sides. She comes from a good family. So does her husband. Everything's going to work out great. Well, these people keep getting hired by either someone from the internet or someone who knows what they end up showing up in her life constantly in different roles and then she ends up getting involved and it's just where it goes with it is really really interesting
0: so i highly recommend that one bride for rip van winkle number 1 kevin's number That's- 1 movie of 2017 big daddy <laughs> big daddy uh my number one is the Florida project okay I forgot about that one uh easy this was an easy number one for me uh as the the moment that I saw this uh it's Sean Baker's follow-up to Tangerine which is another movie that came out in 2015 that was on my top 10 uh this this movie is just absolutely incredible it goes back to what you were saying like what we were just talking about with Movies that are just, that just feel happy and they make you feel good. Like there, there is some sadness in this movie. There's definitely some, some drama, but at, at its core, it just has so much heart. You know, it's about this little girl who is, she's not in a great living situation, but she doesn't know any better. You know, the, the movie is told through from, from her perspective and what she, what she does with her imagination and, and what she does in this world that she's in, and it's just, it it will make you smile, and it's just, it's just such a such a heartwarming film that I can't recommend it highly enough. It's definitely one of, um, well, it's I think it is the best movie of the year, but. Uh, it's got great performances, too. I mean, Willem Dafoe is is probably the best role I've seen him in for quite a while. The the little girl, uh, Brooklyn Prince, is fantastic. Uh, she's absolutely fantastic. Uh, and Caleb Landry-Jones is in there. And Bria Vanady is just incredible as well. So the Florida Project, this is not out yet on VOD and Blu-ray, but when it does come out, if you haven't seen the movie yet, absolute must-see. It's, it's incredible. Well, there you have it. So that's going to do it for the top tens. What about some honorable mentions? I think with this, um, I'll just go through sort of my list of maybe the next uh, ten or so, and then... We can discuss, and then you can do yours. And then we can sort of discuss um, a couple. So a few movies that that I would classify as my honorable mentions: *Okja*. Okay. This was like my number eleven spot, so I'll just go down like eleven through twenty or so. Uh, Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Your name. That's one that really was surprising to me. I'm not normally a huge anime person, but that one, that one really got me the lore. Uh, what a weird, awesome movie. That was, (laughs) uh, go see the lore. Holy shit. (laughs) It's a, a Polish horror musical about two mermaids that eat people. I know if that doesn't—that should be enough. If that doesn't you on pique board, your interest. but the but see the thing is I'm not even I don't even like musicals, but the music in this was good enough that it kept me it kept me going. The problem I have with musicals is not like how they're structured or anything like that. It's usually that I'm not a fan of the music that's in them. Yeah, like that's that's the big thing, and this. There were a couple of the songs that I really wasn't on board with, but for the most part, I enjoyed I enjoyed the music. Uh, Logan. This is probably the first time a superhero movie made its way up that high on, on a list for me. But I don't even know if you would could call this a superhero movie. It has superheroes in it, but it is far from your typical superhero movie. And I would say that even if you're not like if you're the type of person that that tries to avoid those types of movies, this one is well worth a look because it is far it is drastically different than uh, than any of those others. Uh, Thelma, this was a really interesting kind of come. It's a coming of age story, but it's like this sort of supernatural horror movie at the same time where this, this girl that who comes from this very religious family goes off to college and she falls in love with, uh, one of her classmates and she sort of also realizes that she might have supernatural powers. Really surprising. This, this was, uh, this made it to my top 10 horror movie list. Definitely worth a look. I, Tanya, this is, uh, this is, sort of a a recent watch for me. I just was able to to squeeze this in and man, I was impressed with Tanya.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen that
0: a lot. Aside from the the performances, which I think were definitely the highlight, uh, as far as like biopics go, this this was done in a really fun and interesting way and highly recommend iTanya. It it's just yeah, it's it's funny, it's sad, it's it's definitely worth a look. Uh, Brimstone and Glory, this is a documentary about the fireworks festival in Mexico that I, I talked about it this a few weeks ago and just I adore this this uh, this documentary, mostly because uh, the the camera work is incredible and the score is done by Ben Zeitlin. And that was one of the things that made me love *Beasts of the Southern Wild* so much was the the score. I, I really love his music, and I thought that it went, it just went hand in hand with the uh, with this with this the visuals of this film. Uh, the Meyerwitz stories. This is one that I didn't expect to to really love as much mm-hmm. as I did, but it's fantastic. It's on Netflix. Brawl in Cell Block 99. This is the new. Uh, the, this is the S. Craig Zoller one. His follow up to Bone Tomahawk. Loved it. This is a sort of a throwback to seventies uh, prison movies, and it's another one that's sort of like Bone Tomahawk, where it's surprising just how good everything is in it. Like the dialogue is smart and snappy, and the the violence is on a whole other level. It's Unbelievably violent and brutal, but Vince Vaughn is is awesome in it. It's one of the. It's been a while since he's done a dramatic role, and he's he's awesome in this. If you haven't seen Brawl in Cell Block 99, definitely check that out. And then uh, Hounds of Love, it's a solid Australian horror movie that's just absolutely brutal uh, and difficult to watch, but it was really kind of beautifully shot. Colossal. Give an <laughs> honorable mention to Colossal, I knew I knew Nacho well. Yeah, this was pretty. This was it started higher up on my list, uh, and started kind of getting pushed down, but it's still well worth a look. I mentioned Person to Person and Silvio, and it, uh, it is definitely uh, one of my favorite horror movies of the year. I think it's number two underneath Get Out. So all of those movies I think are worth looking at what about you what are, what are some honorable mentions for kevin rake <laughs> uh,
1: honorable mentions would be on the beach at night alone one of i think uh hung sang su came out with three movies this year so this is one of three um and this is one going into i really didn't know like the the backstory of it so it is it features a great performance from uh kim mihi who she plays this actress that's kind of in the, trying to struggling to come back after the aftermath of this, like affair that she had with uh, this big time movie director. And the first half of the film is like her in Berlin, like waiting for, he may or may not come and he's married and, you know, all the things. And then she comes back and she's kind of hanging out with old friends and she's, trying to get back into the swing of things, she might start acting again and she ends up running into this director and they kind of have this uh, confrontation. And um, so as I'm watching it, what I didn't know is that that's what happened in real life. The director of the movie, Hank sang Sue, that's he had an affair with her and marriage and everything. So this is them kind of documenting it in some way. But the interesting thing is, uh, it seems like he gives her the floor. Like this is all about her. There's not much, you know. You don't really see justification from the the director and why he did it and all these, all those kind of things that you typically see in these times, these types of narratives. Um, and another interesting thing is they make the director in the movie. Like, really pathetic. Like, he's just absolutely pathetic. Um, but it's definitely worth a worth a look. I'm usually not in Da Hong Sang-soo. Uh, but this is the first movie that I actually thoroughly enjoyed from him. Uh, another one that I just watched recently. This is extremely experimental. It is Scott Barley's Sleep Has Her House. So, this is about 90 minutes of there's no dialogue, there's no actors or anything. It's just all landscape shots. And it's just these slightly manipulated landscape shots. Like the first, I can't remember, but I want to say like six, seven minutes, right? Is just this super close up of uh, a waterfall cascading, right? you can tell it's a waterfall you can hear it and everything you just kind of put in your mind that it's waterfall and it's really bizarre because you can't focus in or at least i couldn't focus in on the image before you kind of like following the water and you can't really find a center to look at the image that's on screen and what it does over the seven minutes is it just kind of like slowly backs out until And you don't really even realize it. You're just like, okay, he's backing out. But he does it in such small increments that you don't necessarily realize what he's doing until you're kind of, like, in it. And you're just kind of like, oh, shit, wait, what happened? Because it ends up backing out so far that you're just like, where the fuck is he filming from? Like, he's so ridiculously far away. And just, like, he kind of plays with the, the, the light and the, you know, superimposes images on top of others. And it's just, it's absolutely breathtaking. Uh, Another one that I kind of talked about at the the mid-year would be uh, Christopher Good's Brad cuts loose, which is a ridiculous short film that I found to be highly enjoyable and extremely funny. Yeah. I love this one too. (laughs) And just, uh, I love his creativity, just like a high energy that you don't really, see too much of
0: anymore I, th- I I think the best is how they represented him eating breakfast and <laughs> like just between that and uh, uh, when man. Tipper Newton is
1: going through like all of the the possible packages that he could buy with the sludges the different types of sludges and it kind of you know just like a rapid fire like catalog visual catalog of everything that can come out of someone's mouth. Which is just. And the fact that they go, you know, they go and check out like the co workers, BMW, and just the fact of those guys, like five guys going out to check out a car has like 37 cuts in it. It's just, it's ridiculous. I loved it. But it's it's so much fun. Um, Another one would be Ian Clark's A Morning Light, which played on No Budge earlier this year, which is a kind of extremely micro-budget, kind of like sci-fi, thriller, mystery type. But it doesn't necessarily have a lot of those elements to it. But it does deal with some, some supernatural elements. Um, but it's just really, really vague. Uh, I thought that that was really fantastic. It's slow burn, big time slow burn there. Um, another one would be, this also played on movie. This is, I, th- I think, one that they put out, too, which is called The Park. Uh, so this is two teenagers that kind of go on this, this first date in a park, and they're just kind of walking around. And it's, it's just really low-key at first, right? It's just them holding hands, walking around, having, talking to each other and everything, getting to know each other. And then the guy leaves, she kind of falls asleep on the hill. She gets up and from that point on, it's extremely experimental where she's like walking through this dream world and she's got to navigate the dream world in a canoe. Like it just, you think that you're watching something really light, really simple. And then it just completely flips and it becomes something entirely different and just completely changes on you. Uh, e, this was also on Movie, which is La Bouche from Camilla Restrepo. So, this is a 19 minute short experimental. Uh, it's essentially a musical that features uh, fantastic uh, percussion. It's all like African singing with with drumming going on. And just the way in which it's shot, where it's just these, the musicians just facing the camera and they just, they sing their song that, which is about a guy learns that his uh, daughter has been murdered by her husband. And he's trying to figure out if he should kind of move on, just deal with it, or if he should get revenge. Probably the best music I've heard all year. I mean, it's mm. just absolutely fantastic. Another uh, doc would be Events in a Cloud Chamber. So this is a documentary at once about a, an Indian artist and his work and how he does his work and kind of like his career and everything where he's at now. And it's also about he is, he made one of the only experimental films to come out of India back in the 60s, but it got lost. So there's no, they don't have it anymore. <clears throat> so the purpose of this documentary is like talking to him about like what, what the film was, how it was received, how he made it, everything that happened afterwards and so they kind of the the documentary maker works with him to try and like recreate the lost film so they end up like remaking it by his memory and then that's actually like a part of the documentary where they you know they show you the final the final film that they ended up creating you know from memory Kind of like reconstruct it, which I thought was really interesting. Hmm. And then I would have big ones on there, you know, like Dunkirk and Hardy's The Salesman. Stuff along those lines.
0: Colossal. Good time. All right. So have there been any movies that you missed that you feel like? could have top 10 potential. I feel like I should always kind of say like, uh, I I didn't see, I missed Phantom Thread. I didn't have time to, to squeeze that one in. I would count that. Um, I didn't see uh, Faces Places. A lot of people really, really kind of losing it over that documentary. Didn't I miss that one? I would agree with that one. I missed Florida Project. Obviously you're number one. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's also Blake's number one too. Uh, but by the time you hear this, all of our top lists should be posted on the on the site. That's his number one as well. Uh, Columbus, I missed that. Mm-hmm. Wanted to try to squeeze that in, just didn't didn't have quite enough time. I d- I didn't see Personal Shopper. I know you did. I don't I don't know if that would have top ten potential for me. But and uh, I, know, I know a lot of people were talking about that one yeah that was all right um i can't think of any other ones that uh that might have made it I-, I saw pretty much everything that uh that i wanted to this year i did i did better this year That's than good. Yeah, i did better this year than than a lot of other years as far as like missing big releases uh i missed tragedy girls which was a uh horror movie that that a lot of people were talking about i thought for sure that would hit vod I, like i i didn't go see it in the theater and i was i just thought for sure it would hit vod by now but it hasn't so um i missed that one and i'm a little bummed about that because i i have a feeling just from what i read it probably would have landed on my top 10 horror list yeah but i was
1: kind of surprised that. A uh, decent number of people enjoying that one.
0: What about uh let's talk about some of the some of the worst things that we've seen this year. You can't have the best without the worst. You know, you know what I mean? You just you gotta you gotta have some of the stinkers. Okay. For me I got I got those. You you got those? What what's uh what do what is your worst the worst movie you've seen this year? What is that?
1: The worst would be uh I Oga, hep and Rova. Mm-hmm. Dark Knight, I think. Those two were the worst for me.
0: Dark Knight's definitely down there towards the bottom for me. Uh Baywatch is very low. That's one of the worst things oh, I've I seen this year. Imagine absolutely atrocious uh this movie called hacker that i actually watched on a plane uh, unbelievable like when i watched this movie i'm like how does this exist what it was such a piece of shit and it was like one of these things where like i'm on the plane i i I'm looking at the, the the movie selection on the plane and I, I've seen everything that they have. That was like really the only one I hadn't seen. So I was like, all right, whatever. I'll give it a look. And man, it was just such a piece of shit. And uh, Sandy Wexler, the Adam Sandler one that was on Netflix. Uh, that one yeah. was un- just so awful. And it was so long too. It was two hours and ten minutes long. Just never ended. Uh, I also hated the Bad Batch. I didn't like the Bad Batch, but uh, yeah, that was straight hated movie. Ghost
1: Story. Oh, fucking Christ.
0: Yeah, again, I I liked Ghost, Ghost story. story. I didn't ha- I didn't hate it. Mother, definitely, I hated. I did not like Mother. Brad's
1: status has become my arch nemesis <laughs> i like Brad's status i hate Brad's status uh we are the flesh yeah i God, that was mm, that I one forgot was about that movie because that was like one of the first movies we watched this year so that is definitely um benefited from a lot of time you know like the anger mm-hmm. is so old
0: sure yeah uh Resident Evil the final chapter obviously it's garbage uh i saw this action horror movie called don't kill it starring dolph lundgren a piece of shit uh cut shoot kill which was a uh, found footage horror movie that was a giant piece of shit awaken awakening the zodiac which was uh about the zodiac killer coming back okay which in and of itself doesn't even make any sense because he'd be like eighty-five years old or something. Uh, that was terrible. Um, a movie called Drifter, which was another horror movie that I literally can't remember anything about. Oh, you know what? I do remember. It was sort of like, uh, eh, like this, like kind of Mad Max type garbage uh that that one just just bad uh bright i oh, did yeah. see bright and i i will mirror most people's hatred on bright it was uh <laughs> i would love you to see bright just just to hear I, your your reaction
1: i don't know if i could handle it to be honest
0: well the thing is it's not it's not like it, it's just boring like it's just it's bad and boring but it's it's pretty it, that one's pretty rough to get through Dark Knight is on my list as well it's like a, towards the bottom the Leatherface uh, movie the, the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre How to Be a Latin Lover a lot of people sort of sort of into that one but I really hated it
1: I forgot about that movie
0: I think that came out early In the year. I
1: think you're right.
0: And that's pretty much it. A lot of... There wasn't a lot of crap, but there was just a lot of kind of not great things. Yeah. Just uh, a lot of Netflix. I know I'm noticing here. I'm looking at my list and a lot of Netflix movies are very close to the bottom. War Machine, Death Note, Little Evil, War on Everyone, The Most Hated Woman in America voyeur small, small like these crimes. these are all Netflix movies that that are almost at the bottom of my list
1: yeah voyeur i didn't like that one either
0: oh you saw that
1: that was straight up it was so fucking dumb it's just a commercial it's just like hey check out the book but it, I, the thing that really pissed me off cuz number 1 uh what's his name oh what the fuck is his name the journalist Gay, to call to call uh, gay, because
0: he's not a journalist. He's just a piece of shit. I know, like <laughs> he he's <laughs> so he's so pompous. Like he's so full of himself. Like <laughs> as a journalist, as as a as a, a award winning journalist, uh, blah, blah, which blah. is
1: such horse shit Because then at the end, it's like he gets taken down because he didn't like he didn't look into and you. You were working on this for like twenty some years. And you didn't check, like, one simple yeah. fact.
0: And I can't remember what... what I can't remember what. Uh, who who broke the... It was someone for the Washington Post, I think. Yeah. And the, the, they're the ones that, like, in two seconds, they figured it out.
1: Yeah, and you're like, are you fucking kidding me? And then on top of that, he, like, completely disowns the book. He's like, oh, I I'm fucking ruined. Da, 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 da. And then, you know, like, a week or so later... They show him how when he goes on to Seth Meyers, and he's like, "Yeah, well, I called I called the person that owned it, and he still had keys." And it's like, "You, why didn't you do that like immediately? Like, how terrible are you at this?"
0: Yeah, why like did you,
1: you wait can... several weeks to like follow up with this guy to find out if he still had access to the hotel. Like, he, you got to be kidding me.
0: And I just, I also felt like the the filmmakers didn't push hard enough when it came to some of their, their line of questioning. No,
1: they didn't really do anything. Except that I did like in the beginning how they kind of made like the parallels between the two, how they're both essentially the same and that Gay Talies might actually be worse.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In its own way. <laughs> uh, so that's 2017 any other any other uh, movies that you want to mention anything of note uh, I don't think so I would just I would throw out there
1: uh, the movie thing if if 2018 is anything like 2017 or you know if they if they follow on this path and you know getting better I saw a lot of good things on there you know compared to dreck you see them on fucking netflix <laughs> I,
0: I think with netflix it's soon just going to be all original stuff yeah. and it's all mediocre as all hell i mean like, occasionally you get
1: some good stuff in there but
0: yeah i mean wormwood is one that i wanted to to finish for possible entry in this um That's the Errol Errol Morris series. I I saw the first part, but I didn't finish it, so I couldn't really put it on there. But then there's
1: even... You know, when you get some decent stuff on there, like Mudbound, they don't do... Like, their marketing of it is so fucking terrible. Like, when Mudbound came out, I don't even know if it was on the front page. I think I had to, like, search for it.
0: Yeah, uh... What did I what did I want to watch recently that I had to search for? There was something that I knew came out on Netflix, and I opened it up to to watch it, and it was nowhere to be found. I, I actually yeah. had to do a search for it. It's ridiculous. It, yeah, they're they we've we've complained about it before on here the the way that they organize their stuff. I think that they're they're all about, you know, their their algorithm where they 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 show you things that you they think you want to see, but like I don't want that. Like <laughs> I watch such a large variety of things on there that I don't want you to show me what I want to see because I already know what I want to see. Like just show me the new stuff that just give me a list yeah. of the new releases. And they're not good about telling us when things are coming out either, like I'll get an email like a week, maybe a week, if not less than a week before something comes out that, that announces that they're releasing something. Yeah. It's and sometimes they don't even send me an email at all about what's coming out and and I'll have to like find it. I'll just have to see that it's on there.
1: Honestly, it, the majority of times that I find out something is on Netflix is from a random person on Twitter.
0: Yeah. They got to step up their PR game. T- Recent, recently, I've been getting more emails about stuff, but I don't know. They just got to step that up a little bit. All right. I think that pretty much wraps it up again. All of our various lists will be up on the site uh, by the time you hear this we already have a bunch of stuff published as of this recording but uh everything should be up everybody's top 10s everybody's uh, some people are publishing bottom 10s um top horror movies uh Blake and I did horror movies so be sure to to check out the site and uh you know add, update your watch lists accordingly Go ahead. Uh, I think probably next week we'll be looking ahead to 2018 and giving some of our uh, most anticipated for 2018. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Let's take a look and see what's coming out in theaters. Okay, uh, in theaters this week, we have Insidious, The Last Key. So... Uh Jeez. yeah, I mean they 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 keep cranking out these insidious movies. This is the fourth one, I think so. Man, I did not see any. I didn't see the the last one, so maybe maybe I'll give it a look. I, I'm probably not going to see this one either. Actually, we have in between. We got the strange ones. It's got a great cover. The strange ones
1: I mean, man, I've been hearing yeah. about
0: this movie for like
1: Two and a half years
0: Yeah I saw a trailer for it It looks pretty pretty decent um, Slightly interested in it Got Blame A okay. uh, movie, movie called Django
1: Alright
0: Stratton Currently has 0% on Rotten Tomatoes Stratton Good work starring, It's an action film starring Dominic Cooper
1: Yeah I think that'll stay at zero.
0: <laughs> well, there's going to be one person that gives it a fresh just so they can get their name out there. You know that's going to happen. That's true. Devil's Gate. Uh, Sheik Jackson. It's a documentary. Okay. Day of the Dead Bloodline. We're really in January, aren't we? Sure. Sure. Anatomy of a Male Ballet Dancer. <laughs> oh, man. Town. Yep. There you go.
1: Just a lot of boring titles.
0: Yeah. Project Eden, Volume 1. Damn, there's going to be that. It's a, I wonder how many volumes. That sounds like a faith-based movie to me. I wouldn't be surprised. In the Land of Pomegranates. All right. And that's pretty much it. So not not a lot to uh not a lot to speak of this week in theaters. VOD this week we got Future thirty eight. This comes out uh January second. Mm-hmm. Uh Future thirty eight's decent. I saw this uh this was at maybe dances with films or no no no, this was uh I think the Brooklyn Film Festival uh the the whole premise of future 38 is that it's a a sci-fi time travel movie that was shot in the f- 30s but in in it the character travels to 2016 okay so it's like this kind of play on what the past thinks about how the future will be. It's, it's okay. It's kind of a cool idea, but I, f- I felt like they didn't, they didn't quite like, stick to stick the landing.
1: It, yeah. It sounds like one of
0: those where the, the, uh, the idea sounds far more interesting than
1: what the end product is.
0: Yeah. Like they try to make it look old, but it, it, it doesn't really look that old. Gotcha. Uh, it, it's still, it sort of looks, looks like a contemporary film. Which really kind of broke the the immersion or the the the, uh, the trick or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I don't know. the gimmick. Yeah, the gimmick. Yeah, uh, it's okay. We have a review for that up on the site. Cannibal Farm. This is on the second two, uh, as well as The Risen. We have a review for that up right now. Uh, Chris gave that a two out of ten. He pretty much hated it. Psychopaths. This is not the. Oh, it is the. So, this is the Mickey Keating one that uh, I did not like very much at all. Then on the fifth, we have Stratton, Day of the Dead, Bloodline. Uh, man, not, not a lot going on VOD. I'd say just skip next week. Yeah. Just, just take a break from movies this week. Yeah. Blu ray. This week, we have Hell Night from 1981. We have American Made. That's the Tom Cruise one that I heard was pretty bad. Seven Bloodstained Orchids from 1972. Battle of the Sexes.
1: I forgot all about that movie.
0: Yeah, I got a screener for that, but I never <laughs> never watched it, so. Eh, what can you do? Cadillac Man from 1990. Hell yeah. The Robin Williams classic. They used to be on Comedy Central a lot.
1: Every day, just about.
0: Snow Dogs from 2002, another classic. Just because I will never forget watching Leonard Malton give Snow Dogs his hot pick and Black Hawk Down his not pick. Mm. The Executioner's Song from 1982 starring Tommy Lee Jones. We got Brad's Status, you, your most hated movie ever. Oh, God. Got a Team Team Wolf Double Feature. With nice. uh, Teen Wolf and Teen Wolf Two, uh, Miss Zombie from 2013. That's the Sabu film. Okay, cool. Breathe. That's the Andy Circus one.
1: Okay, Andrew,
0: Andrew Garfield. The House is October Built Two, the Ong Bok trilogy.
1: Oh hell yeah! Uh,
0: Shockwave, the Stolen. Uh, That's pretty much it as far as Blu-ray. What do we have on the Criterion front this week?
1: We have one Criterion coming out January 2nd. We got the Big Daddy, the Breakfast Club.
0: Yeah. Coming out on Blu-ray. By the time you hear this, there should be a review for this up on the site. Which, uh,
1: you know, with it being a, a fairly... Temporary film, they got, uh, looks like there's a decent number of uh, special features on there.
0: Yeah, I haven't gone through all of them yet, but so far, solid release.
1: New, oh, even new interviews. Nice.
0: Yeah. Love The Breakfast Club. Is there anyone that doesn't? Yeah, it's funny, I was just talking about, over the the holiday break, I totally forgot that this movie was coming out. But um, I was just talking about John Hughes and w- what a filmography like, holy crap, because, you know, John Hughes came from National Lampoon and that's where the the, the vacation uh, movies like that's where they're adapted from stories that he wrote for the National Lampoon about his his time growing up and just looking at his filmography, it's. It's such an amazing filmography. He's got like some of my favorite movies, like Uncle Buck, Great Outdoors, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Pretty in Pink, Weird Science, Breakfast Club. It's what what a filmography. We lost him oh, too soon. Classics. Yeah. All right, I think that that is going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you all have a wonderful new year. If you have any questions or topics, you can send them to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulsenet or at filmpulsekevin. If you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com filmpulse. Consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. When so, uh... you